Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. We have a very special edition for you today on the hot topic of job searching. And for some context, in the U.S. in May, unemployment was 3.6% for the third month in a row, 6 million folks unemployed. 21% of American workers took a new job in the last 12 months, according to a Grant Thornton survey. And of those folks, 40% are actively looking for another job. So this 40% is actually higher than the 29% of current full-time folks who uh, purport to be looking. So one opportunity for those in search mode is ensuring that your own expectations are aligned with reality, okay? So I really appreciate hearing a range of voices today on their search experiences and kicking us off. I'm very happy to welcome Aviva, who's also in New York City. Aviva, welcome to Say It Stillfully. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. Well, it's a real pleasure, and I appreciate you making time out of your busy day. So for listeners, just give us a little context and share with us what's going on for you. Sure. Um, well, I just graduated college. It's past May, um, which is very exciting. Um, I am a very specialized person in like what my interests are, and I was very excited to take all the stuff from school. Um and bring it into practice. Um, so I'm also very organized. Um, one of the last internships that I took last summer, um, my supervisor at this documentary company I worked at, um, he advised me to make a list. All the people, and just for a little bit of background, my interests are in like uh, educational children's media. So very niche. Um, and I would take a list down of people that I talk to, what their position is at what company, and then a section that's basically like previously on, um, and what I talked to them about last. So I've been very organized in informationals and reading books about the field and applying many places, um, but it's been very difficult to get a foot into the door exactly where I want to be. Got it. And how are you feeling about the whole process? Um, I I definitely anticipated rejection somewhere along the way, um, but I was hoping, you know, to get a little more success than I've had so far. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I share that with listeners because I, it can be for some folks, I'm not saying it is for you, they can feel some stress, some anxiety, something's wrong with me, I don't have a job. And I want to encourage folks to empower oneself for folks who are living the dream, and I put myself in that category, it just takes a lot of work. So what's worthwhile is worth working for, and there can be periods of self-doubt. And if you can take it on as a bit of a game and make it light and think about the fact that here you are creating something that'll be really awesome for yourself, that energy of positivity can be felt by folks that you're working with. I know it's really hard sometimes for people who've been in job searches for a long time, but I just encourage making sure that people do things that help them stay happy and light and positive because that kind of shows up in 
interviews. Um, so I love that. I love that you're really organized because that is something that can be um, a real downfall for folks and being really, in fact, I have notes of every person I talk to. So I really relate to what that person um, shared with you. Um, when you have had, when you say the rejection, just help us out. Um, how, what, what has been the feedback, if any? I mean, what are you kind of getting from folks? Well, it's interesting because even in, within the failures, you can see success in those failures. Um, for example, I'll apply to a children's publishing company and sometimes I'll get a nondescript, um, thank you for sending your application, we cannot uh, fill the uh, position. Sometimes I'll get an initial interview or even two interviews. And then I know that I'm getting closer to where I want to be. And I think a lot of those times um, I apply to the position and I pair that with an actual human connection at the company. That way I have someone to like, notice me among the piles of you know digital papers that they're pouring through yeah i love it so note for listeners see success in the failure yes the whole quote unquote failure that's where we learn the most so love that and i love that you brought up the personal connection so for folks that i've worked with and i'm not a job specialist by any um, stretch but folks who've had the personal connection in an organization just seems like super huge so to your point of the list and people you know and mining that, I really want to encourage that. So if there is a company and you don't know anybody, doing some work for who knows who knows who, right? Whether that's through parents, families, friends, you know, to, to kind of be pretty resourceful about coming up with someone in the organization to help be a champion is really huge. Um, so I guess I have a question. Had It sounds like you've gotten some folks. Has that been easy for you to do, Aviva? Um, I think it's a lot of work. In fact, it's almost like a full-time job to be <laughs> to be doing this kind of work of, of looking through to send those emails to people I may know, to connect with those people, uh, to continue the momentum. Um, it, it is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Yeah, and it is a full-time job. So I appreciate your, your just putting that out there because I want to encourage folks. Again, it's worthwhile because you're worthwhile. So um, the idea of these days, you're kind of one or two connections from anyone and that ability to just reach out and create connection. And I just wonder how comfortable you are. Let's just say you have a job and you it's a friend of a friend. Um, talk us through how you've tried to create connect create connection with someone who's in the organization? Uh, sure. Um, well, as a college graduate, I have a fantastic alumni network. Um, and in fact, on my Google spreadsheet, it's very well written out, I've probably like over a hundred connections or um, for my university alone. Um, so I started speaking to those people because that's what the Career Center will do. They'll connect you with alumni. Um, and then from there, some of those people would say, okay, but what is your exact niche? Like, I know someone at this company who works in curriculum development for children's television shows, and it sounds like you'd be more interested in that rather than production or, and, and trying to find you other people. Because once you show interest, in, and, and it's, it's good to be flattering too, to be uh, somewhat candid here, like, to to thank people really like for their time but i think they're also interested as well 
um, to talk to you. But I think mostly it's just to be grateful for these experiences and in, like in favor of that, they will connect you to more people. So that's been my experience. Fantastic. And I just want to encourage that for listeners. That's called the help them help you. And um, I think that idea of honing in. So, you, so this specialization, I guess, Aviva, do you feel like uh, you can stay in and you're committed to find a role in this? Do you feel like you need to broaden the net? I'm just really curious where you are. Well, sure. Um, I've been getting other offers to look at um, on LinkedIn um, and on Indeed, um, places that are not related directly to what I want to do, investment, banking. Um, I, I did well in school and I'm very, I'm very glad for the opportunities that have come through by, um, from other places. And I'm considering those opportunities. I, I believe that whatever it is I do, I'll be able to pull something from that to bring to my next job. Um, and of course, education um, and children's uh, media may not be as high paying as those midtown Manhattan jobs and like banking and investment. Um, so thinking critically about that and also um, how that might also contribute to future education opportunities, how I might um, fund um, my next uh, degree. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, how are you? I mean, Pat, it sounds like you've got it dialed in there. And in your own heart, do you feel like I'm going to give it X amount of time? I think it's just helpful for listeners. How are you? Uh, thinking about it. Um, I think the most important thing that I've learned so far is in school, you can kind of understand, anticipate how much work you need to put in to get to the end result, how to get an A um, on a paper, how to do well on an exam. Um, but the jobs are just quite different. Sometimes they're just not offering the kind of positions that you are qualified for at the time that you want them. So just, it all has to be from your end uh, at the end of the day, like what you can't, how long you can wait to get that position that you really want. And, or if you need to take on other kinds of jobs beforehand, um, which are also professional opportunities, not to knock those, but, um, but at the end of the day, it is also your own understanding of the process you you know there's no real wrong way to go about this yeah no i appreciate you're just pushing at it so is there any way i can be helpful you have a specific question or anything at this point um i feel like you have a really great perspective on it and you're staying high about it and you're really using your network uh, questions i mean how did how did you do you have experience? You said that you're in exactly where you want to be now. This is the kind of thing you want to do. Um, are there are there skills that you pulled from other experiences that weren't necessarily your niche that you can look back on and say, wow, that really helped me, even though that wasn't my long-term goal? Yeah, that's a really great one. So the you know, I'm in a people business now, um, and I think all businesses are people that um, I, I mean, I work with senior management teams to help them actually come together as a team. Um, I would say the people skills part 
and getting to know me and who I was, was the number one thing. And that was a many decade journey, by the way. So it's not a there, there, but I think everything that pushes you to look in the mirror and see who I was, was very helpful. I would say from a functional experience, I recommend all young people that sales experience is really valuable for two reasons. One is that nothing starts in an organization until someone sells something. The invoice comes in and someone's willing to buy something. And to just truly understand that, I think is really important. You know, product people are so important, the product we're making, what have you. But if someone doesn't buy it, it doesn't go anywhere. And then I would say there's also a street cred um, that comes with that when you could say, look at, I've been, I've carried a bag, I've made the sale come in. You know, I think the organization can, can values people who realize that there's a front frontline role. So I just throw that out there that I think that that can't go wrong having some great sales experience. Um, talk about having to connect with people and put yourself in their shoes. So I just throw that out as a uh, an, an area that a lot of people don't think, well, I don't want to be a salesperson for life. You don't need to be a salesperson for life, but it is something that I would say really served me super well. Thank you. Yeah, you're a very bright light. I, you know how to reach me. I appreciate your coming and sharing it. I think you're really spot on. And, you know, if I can help you along the way, um, anything that comes up with interviewing or reaching out to folks, I'm happy to do that. But I, I know that you're going to land in a great place. And I appreciate your willingness to broaden the aperture. So if you might go into a different area at, at your stage, there are very, there's no wrong decisions, right? If you like something and you want to try it out, if you, I just encourage you to do that. And there's no doubt that um, that'll be a stepping stone in a very bright future. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. You take good care. We appreciate you being part of the solution. Ciao, ciao. Oh, so fabulous. Okay. We're going to turn, uh, we're also, we're going to a return caller. So Michael joined me a few weeks ago. Uh, we're going to pick up where we left off. At the time, Michael, you were talking about um, jobs hadn't been quite what you thought they were. You wanted something fulfilling, wanted to about where you're going to live. You're back from Asia, I know, since the beginning of the year. So what's top of mind for you now? I've been on the road for like the past couple weeks. And, um, well, I, I left for D.C. like what, about two weeks ago. And, well, I stayed in D.C. for a week. And I stayed with a, fam with a, with a family member. And he worked at the Department of State for like all of his career. And he basically like persuaded me to just apply for an entry level position at the Department of State. And he think I'd be like a good fit um, because I speak some Chinese and he knows that I've lived in a, a handful of countries. So, yeah, he's like trying to convince me to apply to become a foreign service officer. So I will definitely do that soon. So um, I'm still exploring all of my options. So, like, for example, I just arrived in New York um, this past week for uh, this past Pride weekend. And before the Pride weekend, I did my first ever photo shoot. So that was super interesting. It's just new avenues that I'm exploring. <laughs> well, we'll so, say more about that. What do you mean photo shoot? Um, I just hired a photographer here in New York City. And, oh, I, in case, sorry, I, I don't know if your listeners heard me, but um, I'm actually in New York City right now. Um, anyway, but I hired a, a photographer here in New York City to take photos of me just to try it out because I've never done something like that before. Um, so yeah, so 
that's just an example for you. It was super fun. I loved it so much. And it was just like on, it was just like right before the weekend. So it was great. And I, I think he's going to send the photos to me soon. So yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But my point is uh, I'm just exploring different avenues for my next chapter of my life, you know, just coming back from Taiwan and seeing what the possibilities are and seeing what I am good at, see what fits, what doesn't fit, you know, um, because when I first started out job applying for jobs back in February, um, I was definitely lost. Um, my resume wasn't very good, but I perfected my resume. I got a lot of help on that from like a friend and a family member who has a lot of experience in looking at resumes. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying different things, just coming back to America, America with a fresh perspective, you know. And I, um, I'm just trying different avenues. I'm still trying different avenues and just talking to different family members and seeing what's good for me, you know. But yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> so I'm really, I'm really piqued on this foreign service officer. And what does that role sound like? And what's the next step in that? Uh, if you were to if you're pursuing that. Yeah, right. So um, if my memory serves me correctly, because I only briefly touched on it when I was job hunting, um, it's basically a very intense process because you're working, you'd be working for the federal government. Um, it's like an eight step process and you have to go through like an intense, like screening, security check, background check. Um, I believe the job entails working at a U.S. consulate or a U.S. embassy, but I could be wrong because I feel like from what I read, again, again, if my, if my memory serves me correctly, I haven't done too much research into it, um, but you'd be working first, you'd be first be starting out in D.C., so you'd start your training there, and maybe you'd go out to like a U.S. consulate or U.S. embassy. Again, I'm not the best person. Don't quote me on this at all because I just started the research just like a couple days ago. <laughs> Um, but it seems really interesting because eventually you'd be working at um, a U.S. embassy or U.S. consulate overseas, of course. And that sounds like, honestly, for me, it sounds right up my alley, you know, after living in, what, Spain and China and Taiwan, all in my 20s. I just started, I moved because I moved to like my first foreign country when I was just 19 years old. And I just got back from Taiwan a few months ago. And yeah, it sounds like something that'd be right up my alley and be a great way to start my career, you know? But basically, I love it. what I do know, though, is it's a very intense process because you'd be working for the federal government. Yeah, I love that. And as part of this, let's just fast forward because I think this is an important thing for listeners as you think about a role, right? So I think as you're doing your research and ultimately you talk to some folks who are doing the job coming up with, hey, what do you think it takes to be successful in this role? Again, not that it's perfect, but you're pulling information from people. What do you think? And you might form a picture. And then as one interviews, asking to interview people, what do they think you know, is important? But also being able to map, Michael, obviously to your experience, like what are your strengths? And I think lots of times it's easy for us to think about where I'm great at this and that, and that's fabulous. As long as we map it to what the need is, and just being really right. clear, right? And it might be just a twist on how you might think of yourself, but able to put it in the language that's gonna check a box and say, hey, this is obviously this person has something like that. I am kind of curious, and I think you've done a lot of reflection, but when you think about, you know, what are your strengths? 
You know, what are your bright spots? How would you articulate that if you were in an interview? My strengths for an interview, I would tell them that I'm reliable and I'm confident and I can communicate effectively and I'm a pretty decent leader. I definitely learned how to be a great leader even when I was a teacher overseas because I had to command an entire classroom by myself and I had to control an entire classroom even just like, like in most of my students were, you know, little kids and you have to be able to control them without getting upset or angry or losing your patience because they can't understand a word that you're saying really because they're just what five years old like my that uh, the average age for, for my students is five years old and you have to learn how to be patient and you need to learn how to communicate with people who come from a very different background than you like for like in my case you know chinese of chinese and taiwanese background you know so they're they they think very differently than um people from western countries like us, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying like one's better than the other. Of course, it's just, we just think very differently. We have different values. That's just the reality right there. And you have to learn how to be able to work with them and working with people from different backgrounds and just working yes. in an environment where you're basically alone and you're like the exception. I mean, that's, I mean, it, it's why they hire you, you know, because you, you come from a different country or that as they call it, the foreigner. Right. So, but my strengths, yeah, I'm, I'm great at communicating effectively, I would say. I learned how to be a decent leader, a great, I'd say a pretty good leader, actually, when I was overseas. And learning how to solve problems with people who think very differently from me. I, I can't speak for other people, of course. So I guess I take back what I said earlier about, like, people from Western countries. I can only speak for myself, I, I suppose, in this context. Um, <laughs> Yeah. But, um, so one thing that's yeah, good. But good honestly, stuff. like I learned all these strengths when I was overseas, and it's made me who I am today. And it's changed the way I work with other people for sure. And now I'm coming back to America, you know, kind of as a changed man actually. And now I need to know how to fit back in again, or maybe maybe not fit in, maybe stand out, you know. But how to be an effective? How to be? how to be an effective worker, an employee, or a leader itself in the workplace and see yeah. what works and what doesn't. Because it's obviously very different from what I've done compared to a lot of people because all of my professional experience has been from overseas. Yeah. So this is really, it's really great. And a few thoughts for you. And I know that at your core, you have um, a lot of humility. And I think it's really great to show self-assuredness with the level of humility. And I think the, sometimes I hear people say, well, the young people are so out of their skin. I think there's, it's refreshing when people are very self-assured um, and at the same time showing humility. And I think that notion of you know, becoming the man you're becoming and that journey says a lot when you make a statement like that. When folks ask of strengths, it's great to think it through. Again, and I just kind of pulled this fast one on you, but when you're in a particular role, think about, okay, three things. It's not five, right? Just think of the three top things. So first thing I'd say is have a great deal of patience. And then you might give one quick example. Second thing, this, another quick example. Third thing, this, and let that land for people. And sometimes, you know, the oversharing thing can, can just, it's hard for people to absorb it all. But it does, it's one of those things where you want to sound like it's off the cuff, right? You're just making it up, like uh, thinking about it. But you, you in your mind are like, okay, I know these are the things that I want them to come away with for me. 
right? And, and again, it's about a good matching principle. You've got a lot of strengths. It's about, and you say you're a great communicator. So I, I think I'm a pretty strong communicator, right? Because blank, blank, blank feedback. Okay, great, right? You're just being very factual about it. And when people can be very metered about that, when I hear that, I'm like, wow, they're really, they're really thoughtful. And that's a great attribute to come across with as a young person, right? So I just throw that that out for you. Um, Michael, how are you thinking about location? Is that an overriding thing for you and prioritizing your next role? Are you most focused on the role? How do you think about that? Mm -hmm. for, I mean, when I think about my own life, yeah, I'd say definitely like where I'm gonna live next is very important to me, but of course the job will probably dictate that. Um, but the role, is the role more important than the location? Ooh, that's a really tough question. It really depends on the location and the role, I suppose. If I really love the job and the location's not my first choice, of course, I'll, I'll definitely take it. it. It really depends on like a variety of factors, I suppose. But yeah, um, if, I, if I find a great job in like an okay location, I'll definitely have to consider it. Um, or vice versa, if I find a great location in a mediocre job, sure, I might, I might take it. It just depends on mapping out my thoughts and just determining what, 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 what best suits me, I suppose, yeah. in that situation or what's next for my life. So. Yeah, yeah, those those are I offer for folks. These are subjective things, and it's just important for folks to understand what's most important for you. And I think you know, old school folks would say, "Look, take the job, no matter where it is," and that can be a way to go. But I also mm -hmm. think everyone's got to be whole with uh, what matters to them. And I think you know, staying true to yourself. I think there can be, if you will, shorter term pain for longer term gain. So I think that is a balancing act. Uh, I think, you know, I'm, I'm wondering who along, maybe it's a family member or a friend, is with you in the job journey, because I think it can be helpful, um, and I offer this to folks, to have someone who's a confidant to just be listening to you and to be able to um, provide some counsel or thoughts. Do you have anyone who's a job hunting buddy or someone you're communicating this, this Absolutely. Right? It's actually been a variety of family members. Um, like when I first went, like when I first arrived in America, I drove straight down to Florida and I was just talking to all my family members that I was staying with. Super grateful for my family. I love them so much. And especially from being away for so long, I, it's made me be grateful for them on a completely different level. So yeah, but to answer your question, um, I've been talking to just a variety of family members. Like uh, recently, it was my uncle in D.C., the one who works at the Department of State. Uh, my aunt, she has over, she's like 30 years of corporate experience. She worked at PwC as a consultant, I believe. Um, oh, my goodness. My cousin who lives in Miami a little bit. Um, a friend who lives in Boston. My parents. Um, I've been getting some insight from them. And... And like even my cousin, my two cousins here in New York City a little bit and like a variety of people, just using my, my, just using my connections in my circle because my aunt told me one time, like everything is within an arm's reach and we, I have such a big family and everybody's still has their own lives. So yeah, I've just been taking 
and just asking questions and just taking advice, like like bits and pieces from here and there, you know, and see what what fits, what doesn't, you know. So and basically, to, yeah. So basically, pretty much everyone that I've been talking to about the job hunt has been helping me out. There hasn't been one single, not just not just one single person helping me along the way, you know, because I've just been tapping into my resources and tapping into into my connections and just talking to my friends about it, even here in New York. So. That's fantastic. Uh, Michael, when, uh, if you were in an interview and someone said, hey, Michael, what's an area of growth uh, or an area you want to develop, what would you say? I would say being more proactive with my time and acting on things rather than just overthinking them because I tend to do that. That's just like a personal, um, that's just like personal aspect of all my life. But I feel like that would, that would, tr that would trans, that would, that could, um, it also affects like me and my, in the workplace rather than just like stop like overthinking it and just executing the action, you know, like for oh, example, I like, yeah. No, no, I was going to say bias for action is, it's a great awareness thing. And I think that that, um, you know, I think folks are looking for people who are in their skin and having something without feeling like, oh my God, I need to really work on this. Just saying, hey, you know, I, sometimes I can overthink things and I yeah, want to continue to take it into action. I think that's a great thing. And I think having a sense of experiences that you might be interested in as growth opportunities, you know, you obviously you want to serve a job at hand, but then uh, when folks ask, you know, like, where might you see yourself? It doesn't have to be some perfect thought I'd answer, but having something that that moves you, you know, I sense that you want to do something that, you know, is fulfilling. We talked about this. And so, you know, what's fulfilling look like to you and helping people feel like yeah, if I was part of your team, you know, I would raise the bar and, and helping others. Right. Um, because if you can be someone where other people are their best around you, that's a nice multiplier effect. That makes Absolutely. Sense. Absolutely. I completely agree with that statement. You know, because I mean, I do tend to overthink things and I get caught up, they get caught up in my head and, and it does affect others, especially when I'm in the workplace, you know, so yeah, just don't be afraid, I suppose, just execute it and see what happens, you know, <laughs> with, that, with that being said, I'm not saying do anything like dumb or reckless, you know, just, just do it because, and I'm still young and figured why not just try new things. That's what I'm trying to do right now. It's exactly what I, the mindset I took on when I moved to China four years ago, you know. <laughs> yeah, you are just, I think for folks listening, I just want to encourage the sense of belief in oneself. And I know that you have that, not to say we don't, we have our moments of self-doubt. It's super refreshing and it's, uh, it's a great thing. I want you to hang on to that in a big way because it's something I think a lot of people, uh, maybe more than you might realize will really appreciate. I appreciate that just being around you. There's this like joie de vivre and um but also a, a humility and a practicality so it's not ungrounded or unfounded and uh you know i'm, I'm really cheering for you to be who you are uh michael any last question or anything i might be able to help you with um no i, I think we've covered everything that i've wanted to cover today thank you so much for your time no you're a bright very bright light i'm glad you're in the city uh letting it rip and you know how to reach me you take very good care i'm cheering for you and i know our paths will cross soon all right thank you so much molly have a great day you too Ciao, ciao.
Perfect. Oh, okay, so fabulous. Uh, we're going to shift gears and hear from someone who has successfully made the shift. So we're going to Arkansas and I welcome Alex. Alex, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Thank you, Molly. Uh, I really, really love your show. Thank you so much for having me. It's really my delight. So share with us uh, what you know, you've had. It sounds like a, a, you, know, you went through some ups and downs, twists and turns and landed well. So share with us that experience. Yeah, sure. Um, it would be my pleasure. I was recruited right out of college to work for a tech company that does consulting. Um, so this was my first full-time job. And in many ways, it was a great experience for what it was. I mean, the benefits were amazing and I was highly compensated for my work. Um, but our tech stack mostly consi consisted of my company's um, proprietary software. Um, and over time, um, I, you know, I, I stayed with that company for, for nine years. Uh, over time, I became an expert in working with that software. Um, and of course, nine years later, when I was looking for my next job, um, none of that really made me a more appealing candidate because we didn't really use that software outside of that particular company. Um, and of course, the point of, you know, looking for a new job is working at a new company. Um, so in addition to, you know, the, the challenge of uh, not exactly having the most relevant or marketable tech skills, um, I was diagnosed with ADHD six or seven, six to seven years into the, in, into the job. Um, so the thing about me, I was a great person to uh, have on your team when there was an em emergency. I've always performed well under pressure. But when I wasn't in superhuman mode, um, it, it was a struggle to stay uh, consistently productive. And by the time I started getting treated, my manager sort of already had this perception of me as uh, maybe someone who was smart, but needed some micromanaging. And so in a lot of ways, I felt stagnated, um, both in terms of technology and in terms of upward mobility within the company itself. Um, so when I did start looking for a new job, um, that's, I guess when I fully realized how bad it was, I knew it was going to be bad, but, um, really, um, I did not feel like I was in a, a place to really handle tech interviews very well. Um, and the kind of work that I was doing, um, oftentimes required a lot of overtime. So I was working 60 hour weeks sometimes and um, really in order to beef up my resume, um, that meant that oftentimes I would need to work 10 hours or 11 hours. And then right after I logged off, I need to um, you know, take two hours of online courses on Udacity just to build, beef up my resume and um, build up my skills. Um, and so I spent a couple of months doing that to really bridge that gap. Um, and even then when I, um, compared my, my, the skills that I had, um, to jobs offering comparable salaries to what I had then been making, um, I realized that I just, I wasn't there yet. Um, but also the longer I waited, the more time I felt like 
ultimately I was wasting. So as I did more interviews and I got that asked that question, right, from, from interviewers of how much I expected to get paid um, over time while I was going through my job search journey, uh, that number just got lower and lower and lower. And finally, when I did receive an off offer letter, um, I took a pay cut of about 40%. Um, it was super scary, super painful decision when I did accept that offer letter. But um, ultimately, it was the right choice because I picked up so many new skills at my new job. Um, I, I feel a lot more respected. I, there's a lot more improvement. Uh, there's a lot more um, opportunity for, for growth, for promotion promotion. Um, and now I'm actually, I'm actually making more than what I used to make. Um, and it's been less, slightly less than a year since I accepted the new, the new position. So, so definitely that was, that was the right move. Um, wow, scary. Wow, wow. But scary. Yes. Yeah. Let me just say, woo, woo, woo. That's amazing. So, uh, let, let's just, just go back here because I really appreciate what you shared. Uh, the ADHD, and I have people very close to me who have it. I have not, did not really know a lot about it, but to work through that, forget the job search thing, but just kind of understanding that and then getting the right help for that. I just want to applaud your doing that. Um, and I, and I, I appreciate your recognizing perhaps that at work you're, Hey, you know, I have a, I've been labeled smart needs, micromanaging, feeling stagnated. Mm -hmm. Not to say that people should, should just run away, but in, could, one could stay. But I also think it's, it's, a, it's, it's sometimes hard to change perceptions, people's perceptions of us. And, and that can be a very frustrating thing. Um, the, I just want to sh yeah, shout out for listeners. This whole building of skills, so you're working, you know, you're 60 hours a week, and then you're adding two or three hours a night of online courses and building it up that so just help us with that did you just i mean that's got to be exhausting so did you just say i just know i need to do it you just pushed mm -hmm. yourself through it or how did you make yourself do that yeah i ultimately it it came from a place i think of fear and anyone listening who also has adhd would understand that fear is an excellent motivator um I could very easily see myself down the line. You know, it's been two or three more years. And that, at, at that point, you know, it was, it would have been, you know, 10 or 11 years at my, you know, old, old job. And the longer I waited, you know, the harder it was going to be to find a new job. And so it was, it felt like a little bit like quicksand. Like I was sinking in and I needed to scrabble for purchase to, to just stay out, out of that sand. And so I think a lot of that realization um, was what was driving me forward was I either need to get out of this job soon or I'm just not going to. Oh, I love that courage. It's not easy. I appreciate your saying it. And, you know, you're in a great place. You're, the pay, the pays come back and more and you're mm -hmm. well positioned at sound. As you reflect, what are you most proud of yourself having gone through that? One question. And the second is, what did you learn about yourself? Oh, what a question. Um, <laughs> I am proud of myself for having take, 
taken that plunge, for having made that journey, for looking that scary thing in the face and being like, okay, here we are. Here's my current reality. And I'm going to face this to the best of my ability and take that pay cut. You know, it was either make a change, make a scary change, or accept that things would always be the way they are. And I was, I was unhappy with the way things were. And um, to realize the truth of that unhappiness um, it was, I think, for me, one of the hardest things I've had to do, but also one of the worst, most worthwhile things that I've done. So I think going forward, a big lesson learned for me was to really just check in with myself, not accept the status quo um, quite so readily. And really, I mean, I was at my last job for, for nine years. I mean, that's nine years of accepting a status quo. And that's a long time. So I, I feel like there were a lot of missed opportunities within the interim of those nine years. Um, I, I feel like, you know, really, I, I could have made this jump, um, <laughs> you know, a good, a good four or five years before, before I did. Um, but that's also a, a lesson learned going forward um, is to just check in and, and sometimes do the scary thing. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm going to just excerpt that the top takeaway for listeners is to look at scary in the face. And sometimes you just have to really go there. Um, and I, and I guess I would ask, did you, did you always have the faith in yourself, Alex? No. Uh, you know, I would, I would say not really, you know, I, I didn't have that faith and and i think that was partially what made that what made that so scary but of course now i have more faith because now i've been through the scary thing you know and and i don't think i could have fully realized this about myself just how adaptive i am without having made this jump fantastic i have the biggest smile on my face so uh i i know you're set for a while but if i can be helpful for you you know how to reach me i'm big time cheering for you. You're really an inspiration and I appreciate your sharing your story with thank us. Thank you. Alex. So are you. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We'll be in touch. Big, big, big smile. Big hug. Sure. Big hug to you as well. <laughs> ciao, ciao. Oh, I love stories like that. Okay. So we are going to the Westchester area and I am really excited to welcome Emma to the show. Emma, welcome to Say Skillfully. How are you? Are you off mute? I want to make sure you're off mute. <laughs> Where I had my Zoom call up. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, my friend. I'm so excited you. to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Share with us what's top of mind for you, Emma. All right. I am a recent graduate from Barnard College. I am currently working two jobs while I am completing my search for more full-time employment. I'm working an internship that I really like and have just recently started receiving pay for, which is very exciting. Um, I'm also working a service job, which 
is not the most fun, but it's a little bit extra in the account. So that's just, you know, we struggle through it. I think everyone should work in the service industry at about one point. Um, but I do have a very exciting interview tomorrow with the company, and I would love to go over talking about strengths and weaknesses in a way that both promotes me as a confident candidate as well as uh, doesn't give away too much information as well as negotiating salaries once it comes to that point within the offer process. Oh, fantastic. First of all, congratulations on the pay on the internship. Woohoo, that's excellent. So excellent. very exciting. I am the first intern she has ever paid. It is very <laughs> exciting. My parents are very proud of me, my negotiation <laughs> skills. I'm very proud of you too. Way to go. <laughs> and so uh, do you want to give us any contact for the company or you just want to role play and say, Emma, share with um, us? It's a company. Um, it's in a field I didn't think I would really find myself in. It's something I've been curious about. It has to do with television and production. Um, it's something I've found curious. Um, it's not something I studied. I studied art history in college, um, but I think it could be a really interesting company. Um, I really enjoy reading the information on their website as well as their production credits have some very interesting shows such as Only Murders in the Building on Hulu and The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Wow. So tell us a little bit about the role and what uh, you think success, you know, it, what's, what's needed for success in the role and then we'll role play mm -hmm. your strengths. Yeah, absolutely. So I had a Zoom interview with them already where we did some chatting about what's needed in the role they said most importantly is definitely going to be flexibility and ability to adapt very quickly and change on the spot which honestly as a person who now resides in Manhattan I think really anyone in the city needs especially when you're dealing with the MTA in my personal opinion um the role I believe is a executive assistant so I believe it's pretty bottom rung pretty base starting job right out of college, which I completely understand, you know, I'm not looking to run a company right now, but I think it would really just be following a lot of orders, doing a lot of research, making sure emails are looking perfect before they get sent out and making sure uh, everything is running as smoothly as possible so the higher ups can really focus on their jobs. Awesome, okay, so we're interviewing for the job, we're going into role play, okay, Emma. We're really glad you're here. You know, tell us uh, some of the things that you think you're really strong at. Um, well, especially since they mentioned flexibility and adaptability, I do think that is a strength of mine. For example, good when thing, I was saying, I'm going to cut you up. We're going to do first person role play. So you're not describing yourself talking about we're going to actually okay. role play it because we practice. Okay, we're going to do that from the top. Oh, right. Emma, thanks so much for being here. I'm so excited to, to be here. Yes, exactly. What uh, what would you say your strong points are? Yeah, I am very flexible and adaptable. I would say I have very high organizational skills. And I would say that I uh, care about being on time and I make sure projects are always completed on the date that they need to be done. That's great to hear. Share with us, double click on that. When you say flexible, can you give me an example of uh, your flexibility in action? Absolutely. Um, for example, when I first interviewed with this company for a Zoom interview, last minute we had to change times and I just opened up some space in my schedule, made sure that I was able to do it. Um, with my current internship, when I am needed to 
run an errand across town, I very quickly shift from whatever I was working on and move right into that and make sure it's completed as quickly as, a po as possible, as well as correctly. So it does not have to be fixed later on. Well, that's great to hear. What happens if someone changes their mind and, um, you know, you're asked to do this and you're asked to do something the exact opposite? How do you handle that? We have to take a moment just to breathe and remember that this is my job. This is what I'm here to do. Um, and then immediately move on to whatever needs to be done next to correct whatever mistake was made or complete whatever new task has arisen. Nice. How about your organizational skills? You mentioned you're organized. Can you give me an example of that, please? A lot about organization. I do not like forgetting things. I do not like um, dropping the ball on anything. So I definitely make sure to write everything down as well as put it in a calendar, as well as have it in my phone, on my hand, on person to make sure that everything is written down at least three times to really increase my chances of remembering and always making sure I am on top of my current projects. Nice. And I understand you're uh, on time. How do you, how is it that you can stay so on time? Make sure to do research on wherever I'm going at least an hour in advance. And then I like to budget as much time around my, uh, due time as possible because I understand that in Manhattan sometimes there is uncertainty and uh, the MTA is not always reliable. So I always budget some extra time in my schedule to make sure I will be as on time as possible. Okay, That's great. Super job there, Emma. I love it. A few thoughts. Can I share a few thoughts with you? I'm so open to your criticism. <laughs> it's all constructive. You're bright. I think, you know, to your point, it's a make it happen job, right? So they're like, I'm here to make it happen. And, you know, flexibility, I think they wouldn't use an example about them switching the Zoom time on you just because they may just take that, um, th that may not land as well. So I think using external examples and um, I know you're not trying to come across as, um, what's the word? Martyr is the wrong word, but you want to keep a humility in there um, and I think your confidence balance with humility is a really good dynamic, especially for young people, right? And actually for all ages. So confidence with humility, remembering that. Uh, I think the, the idea of as you're going through saying, here's some examples that I've done. You share with me, what are things that you could see people needing to be flexible in? So keeping it interactive, even though they want to hear from you, okay, but this is a little bit of a trick. If you can ask questions and get them engaged, their experience is very much of, oh, I'm engaging with a, yes. a candidate, not, even though it sounds like I'm supposed to be giving all the answers. Is that making sense? And I think you have a good, you're very good conversationally. So your ability to just kind of put it back on them and then come back to sharing your point of view also, I think, shows some confidence. Very excited for this interview tomorrow. I am. Is there anything you're nervous about? I mean, I guess I'm nervous about if they ask about weaknesses, because personally, I do believe that I am not the best at receiving criticism, but I honestly understand that I don't think many businesses want to hear that. Um, so I guess, is there a way I could phrase that? Yeah. Or is there a way I could ask about 
instead of saying, I don't like receiving criticism, is there a way I could ask about, is this the type yeah. of company that recognizes when you do a good job? So here's the thing, and we're running short of time, we can finish after, but on the, the weaknesses thing, let's say, look at one thing, and I know I'm early in career, acknowledge I'm early in career, and I'm working on getting better at receiving feedback in a positive way. I want to, not criticism, receiving feedback in a positive way. I'm working on realizing that any feedback is a gift and not getting defensive. Boom. Okay. So that is a way that that can land. It shows an awareness. It shows a maturity. You're working on it, but you're not making yourself, you're not crushing yourself for being bad at it. And by the way, we all need to think of feedback as a gift and something that helps us be better. So um, I'm going to close on that. I think we have like 30 seconds left. So I'm going to wrap the show, Emma, but we can stay on the line and, and continue if you'd like. Okay. You take good care. Hi, okay. I miss you so much. I hope to see you soon. Okay. Sounds good. Listen, my thought for the week for all the folks, first of all, a heartfelt thanks to all the folks who called in. And when everything seems to be going against you, remember that the airplane takes off against the wind, not with it from Henry Ford. And that's a wrap, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways from our amazing callers and know that I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality, essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed, and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out sayitskillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too.